Welcome to the Court of Nerds. Who knows? Black Lives Matter. I'm West Coast Avenger Greg, and I am joined by Kevin Cartley and Marjorie Steele. Kevin, what do you got? Uh, I am drinking the famous Narragansett lager. Uh, now, you, you, you people not in New England, it's like, I've never heard of Narragansett. Well, it, it's been around <laughs> since... 1890 people. My God, that damn beer can kind of looks like what Pabst wish it looked like. (laughs) It it's like a Yangling knockoff. Well, first off, uh, this doesn't donate to the Trump campaign like Yinling does. So it's significantly better than Yangling. It's significantly better. Secondly, it's not even brewed in Narragansett anymore. It's brewed in Pawtucket, uh, Rhode Island. Yeah, Uh, and fuck it, it's Pawtucket. (laughs) <laughs> anyway, it's delicious. Uh, it is smooth. It is a great summer lager. Uh, so if you can actually get it outside of New England, buy yourself a six-pack at a packy. I just opened up a uh, Anchor Brewing Brewer's Pale Ale Galaxy Hop blend. I'm honestly not generally a big fan of uh, pales or IPAs, but it's what I had. Hmm. So... Actually, okay, you know what? Anchor Brewing doesn't make a bad beer. I'm just going to say. They're, they're good. That's, Gal- that is actually very, very delicious. Galaxy hops are like the, the they're citrusy. They're, they're, they're not as bitter. Uh, mm-hmm. they're, they're a good hop for a general audience. Yeah. So this episode of Corner Nerds is going to be a little bit, I don't want to say off the rails, but we've all had a very long couple of weeks, couple of months, a couple of decades, and we're only six months into 2020, and things are probably only going to get worse, but that's totally okay, and hopefully it's going to be some break from the monotony of sitting at home and watching protests. Here, here. Uh, leading into protest, uh, I got something that kind of warmed the cockles of my heart. Ooh. Uh, Infinity Ward just released an update for Call of Duty Modern Warfare that adds a ah. splash screen message in support of the Black Lives Matter movement. Yeah, I saw this. This was pretty cool. Yeah, players are being told that they need to update their clients upon finishing multiplayer games, and once they do, this message appears on screen. Quotes, our community is hurting. The systematic inequalities of our community experiences are once again center stage. Call of Duty and Infinity Ward stand for equality and inclusion. We stand against racism and the injustice our black community endures. Until change happens and black lives matter, we will never truly be the community we strive to be. End quote. And so this pop is popping up at the end of multiplayer sessions uh, while playing Call of Duty for that little load screen. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't be more happy. Because there is nothing that I can think of that is more racist, more regressive than the average Call of Duty player. Gross generalization, however accurate. Let's and, let's talk about it. Let's hear about it, Kevin. Uh, <laughs> and so uh, this just started. No, really, here, I've been thinking uh, a lot about Call of Duty lately. But honestly, I've never played it. So, oh, that was a bad admission. The long, I should the long have said and short, that. Here's a, here's a really quick rundown of what Call of Duty is. It is a murder simulator that glorifies the military. And at one time, it was really fun. And at one time, it subverted all of our expectations by dropping an atom bomb literally on top of the player. Yeah. 
And then at one time, they also had Kevin Spacey as the President of the United States. So, make of that what you will. That is Call of Duty. Call of Duty, originally, it was World War II. Like, mm-hmm. you know, like a lot of the shooters back in the early 2000s. You know, you, you had Call of Duty, Medal of Honor, hell, even Wolfenstein. I mean, it, and it, it has since evolved since then. Well, yeah, for sure. I mean, yeah. Wolfenstein was one of the first. Uh, well, and that, yeah, that was back years. in the uh, early 90s. Uh, where you, know, and you actually got to kill Hitler, which was fantastic. I oh, see. God, yeah. I remember because I I loved computer video games in in the mid '90s. I played. This is gonna make me sound like a total dork. I played Wacky Wheels. I played Commander Keen. Oh, S- Commander Keen! Commander, yeah. right? Yes, thank you. Somebody else who knows what I'm talking about. Um, I'm talking Scorched Earth, right? Uh, X Wing, Tie Fighter. Mm-hmm. But then, okay, uh, but then what? Did- Go ahead. Did you make missions for uh, X-Wing and TIE Fighter, and then there was X-Wing versus TIE Fighter? Because I was on BBC boards, and I was sharing maps of really? things oh, that I awesome. made. I never got little, to X-Wing versus Kevin. TIE Fighter, but I but I do, I do dearly remember the joystick, and I remember being so excited to, to get the joystick to do that, and being like, holy shit. Um, I'm I'm flying in Star Wars. This right, is rad. Right, but I re- specifically remember Wolfenstein coming out and being like, "Ooh, RPG! Like this is really fun. I like mysteries and stuff." But it was so violent, and this is again, I sound like a nerd, but like I I've never been. I love Braveheart. Okay, my dad made me Terminator uh, a marathon with him when I was like ten, so I'm not afraid of violence. It just it felt really, it felt icky to me. Like, it felt not, I didn't, it, it turned me off to all, like, first-person shooter games, and I, I never played them ever since. I just love that makes you me sound like a princess. Wolfenstein as an RPG, because oh. in, an, in effect, <laughs> Sorry, no you one's are playing, first person. you are playing a role in that yeah. game. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's a very violent yeah. role Billy, involving Billy killing Blaskowitz. Nazis. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah, exactly. Right. I guess, you know, maybe that's it's a Freudian slip. Maybe that's kind of how I viewed it. I was like, who am I in this? I don't like it. You don't want to kill Nazis? Oh, everybody should. I mean, I, everybody should want to. I, I, I to. love watching Inglorious Bastards. I, I don't know. It just, I didn't like the, the first person, which makes me sound like a princess. But uh, uh, getting back to, to your experiences with Call of Duty. Anyway, uh, Infinity Ward, kudos to you. Uh, way to piss off a large portion of your community. Uh, and hopefully those guys will go seek greener pastures elsewhere as you build a better brand. They're all going to move over to Valorant, calling it now. <laughs> well, as long as it isn't Battlefield, because I love Battlefield. and so uh, You know, it, as long as it isn't... I don't know. What the, well, they're, they're all going to be playing whatever the fuck it is. They're, I'm, I'm seeing a ton of people jumping on the Valorant train because that's yeah. the new big one that everybody's jumping on. It's the new, I, and I hate to use this phrase, but it's the new Fortnite right now. Nowhere near as big as Fortnite. Des- but. Destiny 2 had a thing today uh, trying to be Fortnite where they had a like <laughs> little uh, uh, kind of season-ending thing where it, it was supposed to wrap up the world. It, it started at 1 p.m. today. Uh, and uh, apparently it was met with giant disapproval and it wasn't very at all climactic at all. And so kind of like, like Destiny 2 was in general. Yeah, it's just it can, yeah. Bungie. It's just like we don't have we don't do Halo anymore. What do we do? Uh, whatever the hell this is. Yeah, I, I never I, I tried uh, Destiny when it came out. And I know a lot of people got really, really into it and really enjoyed it. It was never my cup of tea. I played a lot of the first Destiny, uh, main, uh, and at times it was to make fun of it. 
uh, mm-hmm. because of uh, Peter Dinklage's... Dinklebot, oh, yep. Yeah, the Dinklebot. And everything was dark, and it's dark. Can you feel the darkness? And uh, so we, I just like kept playing these cutscenes over and over for different people. This wasn't it, like while well, you're playing the mission, and everybody got a laugh out of it. And then it was just kind of like I have nobody else to show this to. I stopped playing. Yeah, it, it, it at one point Destiny Two was a big game that everybody played. At one point, mm-hmm. that point has since passed, uh, <laughs> thankfully. Um, but. Uh, yeah, I, I do enjoy the fact that that right now every single brand in every single marketplace is making some statement on the current situation. Excuse me while I gesture broadly. Um, they're actually making statements about it. They're ac- I mean, some of them are cookie cutter copy paste from some other ones, which is, you know, but they're making a statement. And I just remember in... Uh, Fuck, was this like four years ago, or no, 2007 or 2017, when um, when Colin Kaepernick was was kneeling uh, mm-hmm. during the uh, uh, during the national anthem, and everybody threw a shit fit mm-hmm. over it, and I just remembered that, and I'm like, how f- this is some semblance of progress here that now we have every company jumping on board. I think it's hilarious that the NFL is now saying, oh yeah, Black Lives Matter. Yeah, hmm. thanks, Roger Goodell. You're fucking 70 years too late, but okay. Uh, but I think it's I think it's great that like even video game companies. Uh, I, I thought it was uh, wonderful that was it. Um, I think it was Infinity Ward this past week on Tuesday uh, when they were launching this uh, this this what have you uh, their their big Black Lives Matter uh, uh, thing. They actually turned off their servers so people could not play the game for mm-hmm. about two hours in response yep. to it. And, and it forced whenever an you update. Would, when you tried to load the game, it would show that message instead, mm-hmm. and you would not be able to play the game. And it, only, it was only that way for, like, you know, like I said, like two hours. But still, kudos to them for doing the bare minimum. <laughs> Madge, what have you got going on this week? Oh, <clears throat> aside from a- general anarchy. Uh, yeah, uh, you know me. Um, <clears throat> general anarchy. Hashtag blue fall. Um, <laughs> Ge- general, anarchy. <laughs> general anarchy. No, don't say that. You'll put me on the list. I'm, I'm, I can't say the word for, for what? No, no, no more words. No more words. The boss yes, will come and get me. Whatever you say, sir. <laughs> Yeah. I was going to talk about Kimmy Schmidt. Um, as y'all know, uh, a few weeks ago, weeks ago, a month ago, I don't know, time is all blended together. Uh, recently, Netflix released a, a new short chapter, choose your own adventure uh, uh, episode of The Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt, uh, Kimmy versus the Reverend. It is everything that we love about the old choose your own adventure style mashed into our very modern <clears throat> as only Tina Fey can do it scathingly relevant political and social commentary mixed with characters so lovable and so quirky and wit so razor sharp and a pace so fast that you never ever ever feel bored and find yourself thinking wait what did they just say wait what just happened um, all along the way, and if you if you enjoyed the first four seasons of The Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt, 
which just to, to recap, if you're not familiar, is a story uh, about a girl who was kidnapped at the age of 15 and held in a bunker by a uh, fundamentalist Christian pastor who brainwashed uh, uh, Kimmy and her, I believe, four co-patriots uh, in the bunker to believe that the world had ended and that they had to stay there. She was fine. What did they call it? The lucky crank? The that crank. They used? What's the crank for? Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> Best line. What's the crank? Wait, what's the crank for? Oh, poor Gretchen. Um, or poor Cindy. Don't remember, Cindy. Don't remember what the crank is for. Uh, uh, <laughs> Very minor, but fun spoiler alert. The the crank is to power uh, his his game room. By the way, the Reverend is played by uh, John Hamm. John Hamm. John Hamm, who has a love affair with Tina Fey as a producer, and the two of them together are just phenomenal. Um, I fucking love. I, I I watched two seasons of that show, and I have not picked up from season three, and I really should because it's an it's epic, delightful, satisfying ending. I have to say that show never jumped the the shark. It ended on a perfect high note, and again, we all know Tina Fey is is uh, Tina Fey is obviously the producer of Kimmy Schmidt. Uh, G, I think I can't remember if she has a few cameos in it. Uh, she does have some cameos, not yeah. not in this new episode. Um, we all know Tina Fey is on the edge. Tina Fey called out in Thirty Rack in Thirty Rock, uh, Bill Cosby as a serial rapist. What five, six, seven years before? <clears throat> a decade yeah. before? Many, many years before the Me Too, uh, before before he was called out publicly. Um, Tina is is always right ahead, and and so just an example, one of the pieces from this choose your own adventure, which you have to go through, can end different ways and can have different out- outcomes. And I thought re- did a really good job of offering you some a few, not all, but a few really genuinely different storylines and some really significantly different endings depending on your choices. Which I have to say, they're definitely all worth watching through. Um, and take you a few hours to go through all the different variants, but it's it's definitely worth it. Uh, but Tina Fey delivers on her being radically cutting edge, and I, as as a woman, let me pull out my token vagina, um, and and your token vagina card, yes, token vagina, and uh, observe that she did a pretty scathing uh, commentary on. I'm not going to say the Me Too movement, but on perhaps the social perception of it and um, what I personally like to refer to as the Victorianization, the princessification of women. Um, uh, oh, I, wow, why can't I remember her name right now? Uh, Kimmy's, Jenna Baroni, uh, Kimmy's uh, rich friend, the blonde. Yeah, uh, oh my God. Oh, um, why can't any of us remember her name right now? Anyway. I can't remember yet. Jenna Baroni's character uh, does something bad. She's trying to be Titus's agent. She, you know, she's trying to cover for Titus and she ends up lying to the whole crew. And the punchline is, you lied? But you're a woman. You mean we can't believe all women? And my God. And so the joke is that she has ruined it for all women. That's it. The movement's over because they've discovered that women now lie, which is a very subversive, very, very critical commentary on that. And I fry mm, mad respect. So yeah, uh, it's super fun. It's um, addresses mental health issues. I mean, I have to say, um, I particularly appreciate you know having having um, 
issues like this, this that I've dealt with uh, in, in family members, not personally, but in family members close to me. Uh, at one point early in the film, Kimmy Schmidt's backpack starts talking to her and she's having a conversation with her backpack while she's walking down the street, um, which is a callback to how I think season three or four. Uh, but like, and then with her fiance, her fiance also talks to her backpack. And there's this weird thing where, like, there's obviously some schizophrenia going on, but it's shared with her partner, and like, no one's ta- no one's being like, "You're crazy. You need to go away. You need you need medication, right?" No one's trying to medicate her. They're just like, "Yeah, well, you know, Kimmy's been through some stuff, right?" So uh, her backpack talks to her sometimes, and and her fiance, who has his own issues, hears it too. What are you gonna do? They're fine. Leave them alone. And I just, mm, I love that. So yeah, that's my commentary. It's worth a watch. I, the one thing I gotta say is that Titus Andromedon is one of my favorite characters in any TV show ever. He's fantastic. Just period. He's so good. Thank you for the reminder, Greg, because I forgot a very important point of this is, if nothing... I'd be so upset with you if you forgot Titus Andromedon. No, if nothing else, you need to watch this for the incredible moment where Titus, depending on your choices, but you inevitably have to choose because, of course, you have to watch Titus sing Freebird to a bar in the middle of nowhere to a bunch of white hillbillies to win them over and it is beautiful because of course Titus is from what Mississippi like he grew up mm-hmm. hill- he knows how to he speaks hillbilly and uh, so he yeah it's uh, it's fantastic it's fantastic that that actor is a uh, an actual uh, Kevin I don't know if you've ever watched Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt no okay so that actor is an actual Broadway star actual Broadway star. His character arc, at least in the beginning of the show, is he wants to be on Broadway, but he's not good enough. He's nowhere near good enough. And, like, it culminates in these amazing songs in the middle of the He's singing the circle of life dressed in a knockoff Iron Man costume in the middle of a crowded Times Square. Square. It is phenomenal. That's the first episode. Yeah, sounds brilliant. It is. Like, it is it is absolutely brilliant, and also Titus Andromedon has one of the has several of the best lines in the entire show. Like one of my favorite lines that I still say to this day, which is, "What white nonsense is this?" <laughs> <laughs> and Pinot Noir, caviar, Pinot Noir, Pinot Noir. mid-sized car. Yeah. No, so so the, the funny bit is that at one point Titus and Kimmy are wandering through the woods, right? They're trying to find this bunker of lost girls before they suffocate, and uh, Titus accidentally gets some psychotropes from a hippie in the woods that's trying to have a festival, and oh, no. and sees um, buffets of food in the forest everywhere, and ends up eating a bunch of dirt and rocks and things. I yeah, I've gotta get caught up on. It's good. <laughs> Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. It's good. That show is delightful. It's worth it. It is because you know, again, not to fangirl too much, but what I appreciate about appreciate about Tina Fey's work is that it's relevant. It's not bubblegum. It doesn't sugarcoat the world. It gives you to it as it is, but it allows you to be crazy and to look at it from a per- perspective that's like, yeah, everything is fucked and I'm totally fucked up. But you know what? We can still be happy and we can still find joy. And I love that. It's like it's looking at a really pessimistic world from an incredibly optimistic perspective. It's everything, yeah, everything around Kimmy, everything is trash, absolute mm. trash. I mean, look at what happened to her, but the show never focuses on that because it we're not going to victimize everything her. Is, We're not going to make yeah, it about everything that. about her is this like childlike wonder about everything. Yeah. And yeah, she goes through some shit. 
but just her ability to, like, she's, she's fucking, she's unbreakable. She alive, damn it. It's a miracle. It's a miracle. <clears throat> and yes, the theme song will get stuck in your head. Fuck, I haven't watched that show in, like, maybe, like, eight years, and I still remember the, the theme song so Ooh, well because it's damn that it. good. <laughs> yeah. Ooh, damn it. Yeah. Ah, it's good. Yep. Can, can we can we transition this into the streaming wars, like topic? Sure. And yeah. Because I I know uh, Greg, uh, me and you had some. Uh, you and I. You and oh, I. Oh my goodness. <laughs> uh, had some differing opinions of what uh, HBO Max was going to be, and now that HBO Max is out, and I'm assuming we both have it. Yeah, uh, I, I have not watched anything. What was it, it that was coming uh, out on HBO Max? You guys told me last time, but I can't remember. So, so there's a lot. So um, HBO Max is is uh, AT AT and T. AT and T's new. Yes. Ugh, yes. I just heard AT and T owns everything. They, they, Every, yeah. I feel nauseous. It's mm-hmm. it. It was nauseating. So so essentially, um, we've we've had this conversation on the podcast before. HBO uh, has currently or had two apps, two different apps. There was HBO mm-hmm. Now and HBO Go. I think we talked about this in the last podcast. Yeah, we did. Um, but now HBO Max has basically superseded both of those, and that is now the one-size-fits-all catch-all place where all AT&T content is going to rest. Uh, and I say rest. I, I read this, this this week, which I think is really funny. Uh, everybody was really excited about the fact that, oh my god, Friends is going to be streaming again. Oh, we can uh, watch Friends. That's again. what I have to say about Friends. Uh, I, I say the exact same thing. That show is trash, and you cannot convince me otherwise. Um, <laughs> so so don't get me started on the, on the fucking homophobic jokes, on the incredibly outdated humor, and the fact that they... they, they but, and, Dude, they so uh, white. They so white. My God, that show is so white. God, but I digress. how do they afford the apartment? I'm sorry. <laughs> so anyway, uh, that was the show that everybody was really excited to watch. Well, we found out based on the last week and a half or so of actually having HBO Max, what people are actually watching. And it's not Friends. No. It's fucking Looney Tunes Classics. Everybody is watching Looney Tunes Classics. Yes. It's everything out. Because we're looking for the racist clips. Oh, oh well, that, that was exactly, you it went exactly there. And yeah, when I know me and my wife, when I downloaded it for the first time, and I was like, oh, there's there's the Looney Tunes collection on here. I go back to the earliest one, and Lisa, my wife, was like, how much you want to bet this is going to be racist and sexist? Mm-hmm. And I was and, like, okay. Yep. And we watched the first cartoon. It wasn't at all. <laughs> like, really? I was like, really? They scrubbed really? it. They it, scrubbed it off. It no, wasn't I mean, at all. There are like, there are episodes that are extremely that. Yes. But did they yeah, make uh, Pepe Le Pew not rapey? Oh, my God. Not even but just the, Pepe Le Pew, though. Like, look at, uh, um, oh, my God, Speedy Gonzalez is so awful. Oh, man. Try watching that today. It's man, That's it, hard to watch. And, and, his, and his cousin, Slowpoke Rodriguez. <laughs> yikes. The, yeah. Uh, although, my son is in a very big Duck Dodgers phase ah, right yes. now, and so I will not besmirch Duck Dodgers. Um, Daffy Duck is, is brilliant, yeah. Absolutely. Anyway, uh, HBO Max is a conglomeration of a whole, because a- AT&T owns so much. They own DC, and but the problem is DCU already has all of their own online things, and so you only can get a very few things 
for DCU, except, wouldn't you know, there's gonna be the Snyder Cut of Justice League. Oh my god. The director's gonna, cut. Where's gonna Grant? <laughs> they're gonna spend an extra $40 million to get a director's cut. So here's my question. Um, if you take a movie, take it all apart, put it back together again with all of the same footage, is it a different movie? I mean, I always wanted to see the Suicide Squad original director's cut. Eh? If you take if you take one frame out, is it a different movie? Okay, you, so I'll, I'll, I'll I mean, some of the extended. I'm so sorry, Greg. I'm so bossy. No, okay. Some of the extended editions of Pete Jackson's Lord of the Rings are almost substantially different movies, and my husband and I are constantly having a totally different point of reference because I'm like, because you're not watching the right movies. Yeah. So what I was going to say is um, I have a perfect example of why it is not the same movie and it's also the same movie. Uh, and it's in one film and that film is called Kung Pao Enter the Fist. <laughs> I love what's happening. Now, Kevin, you've seen this movie, which is why oh, you're yes. laughing. Because oh, yes. this movie is brilliant. Really it's familiar. goddamn brilliant. I feel like Kyle made it me is, watch this. Uh, it is a Bob Odenkirk-led <gasps> project that is a remake, retelling of a classic... Enter the uh, Dragon. Chinese movie. Yeah. Like, classic Chinese cinema. And what they do is um, they, they retell this story in a new sort of way by inserting Bob Odenkirk into it, doing improv. <laughs> and all of the voices, all of the character voices in the show are poorly dubbed by Poor, comedians. Very poorly. Very poorly done. Mm, you may call me Betty. <laughs> it's, it is so fucking off the wall. And then at one point during the movie, there is a kung fu battle that Bob Odenkirk has with a cow. It's, you know, it's just... The movie is special. It's, it's yes. just a special piece of cinematic history. And is oh. that movie the same as the movie that it was riffing? No. Is it the same? But is it? No. <laughs> it's using the same footage. I don't know. Yes, it is. To tell a new story. Yeah. But it's the new story aspect. That's what makes it you know what? a different movie. I'm going to watch it, and then I'm going to feel like I watched Enter the Dragon, because although I've watched many clips, I have a hard time with old-timey uh, foreign movies, just like some people have a whole time with black and white movies. And so, uh, yeah, I'm going to go ahead and be a poser and watch that and feel like I'm participating in culture. Legitimately, watch. you should watch this movie I just will. because it will be one of the few movies that will make you legitimately laugh your ass off the majority of the way through That's the majority great. of the time and I, I can't say that I'm you know when it comes to comedy I'm, I'm, I'm a real fucking snooty bastard like really snooty but man that movie just hits all the right cylinders <laughs> I can't believe I'm talking about Kung Pao End of the Fist on this podcast uh, it's, <laughs> it's so good it's special uh, back to HBO Max anyway uh, so I yeah you got it's on HBO I, I want to watch that movie again I want to watch the, it right now the uh, they got a bunch of pro they got Crunchyroll they got the the uh, Ghibli uh, collection. The Studio which is Ghibli huge. collection is actually very cool. It's just oh my goodness! It's just terrific cinema all the way through. Uh, you got the Adult Swim, however you want to feel about that. It's it's not their entire catalog. There's no Brack Show. There's yeah. there's no C Lab 2021. Rick and Morty, uh, Doctor Who. There there like, is it's, there it's is stacked. Space Ghost. 
great. Space Ghost Coast to Coast? Yeah, there is Space oh Ghost. Oh, my God. Uh, and, of course, you got all of the HBO's uh, showings. Uh, again, after uh, after going through it and looking at it, it's just... Yeah, I... I their, their pay structure is ridiculous. Like, I had... I, ha I have HBO, but I have HBO through Comcast. Mm-hmm. Therefore, I have HBO Max or free. But if I was a subscriber to HBO outside of Comcast, uh, then I would still have to pay separately because I would have HBO Go, not HBO Now. And HBO Now was the thing that got upgraded to HBO Max. And so there is all these weird intersecting levels. Oh. Like if, if you're an AT&T customer... Uh, and you subscribe to HBO Go, you get upgraded to HBO Now, which is then HBO Max. Boom. It's the whole thing. Yeah, no, the whole thing makes no goddamn nope, sense. No and it's, sense. it's it is 100% AT&T having their own heads so firmly planted up their own asses that they cannot see anything aside from their own fucking tonsils. Oh, the people who run corporations are completely out of touch with reality. Oh, man. Whoever they got to design this thing, though, it's it's okay. It's not awful. It's okay. It could be better. Like, honestly, say what you will about Disney. Disney Plus is extremely easy to navigate. I, I'm extremely. I, we're still, our family is still plugging the depths of, of Disney Plus. I mean, Kevin, you want to talk streaming wars? I mean, I, I will be a, a Netflix brand loyalist until mm. until I have a reason not 100%. to. 100%. And so, and so have you watched company too. Space Force? Has anybody watched Space Force? Ah, yeah. No, I haven't I, jumped on it yet. I'm halfway through the season. Um, it's 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 okay if it's like The Office. Maybe it will pick up like right about now where I'm watching it. Um, so I'm I, I I'm gonna reserve judgment until I get there. But I'm I'm enjoying it. It's fun. I am a political a. I'm not gonna say <laughs> the word. So anything that's super like yay U.S. military, I'm gonna be a little bit. Hmm. Um, that being said, it's enjoyable so far. Okay, I want to I want to correct you on something, Kevin, uh, and mm -hmm. it is uh, their anime collection on HBO Max is yeah. not good. Um, yeah. The Crunchyroll Crunchyroll collection is rather mm -hmm. abysmal. It's it's mediocre at best. Now they do have some pretty good stuff in here, like Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood, um, Berserk, which is like the fact that, that, that nobody's talking about Berserk is insane because that show's amazing. Kill a Kill. Uh, ReZero, yeah, um, and that's it. Uh, oh, Your Lie in April. They have Your Lie in April, which is fantastic. That's one of the big new shows that's out. I, I, I do want to point out, though, on their anime list, this is mm -hmm. in their anime list, mm -hmm. alongside all of those shows is Ben 10. See that? Uh, yeah. So this is uh, if you're if you're looking things up by anime versus studio. Yeah. Or you know versus so yeah, yeah absolutely. Uh, and that's yes, I I get the the dig there. Uh, the the thing with the Crunchyroll on it, it was it was something that was tacked on. Hopefully, there's more coming. But if you actually you don't get English dubs. Period. Seriously? Seriously. It's all sub. Mm. And so, if you... Now, I'm a sub guy. I love... My children I love would love it. Maddie loves like reading both. the subs. But, 
if yeah, if if you're if you're a person that grew up with Full Metal on a you know on Adult Swim, and you want to rewatch the series with the familiar voices, uh, you're not going to get that because whenever I played it, it's all I was I was like, there's no way I'm going to let my son watch Brotherhood. He's too I mean, young. So yeah, no, Brotherhood is is definitely very very adult. But yeah, the thing about that is. The dub is very good. Good. Like it's it's work very of good. Art. It's mm-hmm. so good. Vic Mignogna, notwithstanding that motherfucker, um, but like the show itself is really good. And honestly, yeah. Madge, if you haven't watched FMA Brotherhood, you really should. It's it's just perfect from start to finish. That show is perfect. I might get around um, to an HBO Max subscription. I'll I'll look it up if I do. If you uh, so. You can you can watch it on Crunchyroll. You can watch it on Funimation. We both might have better organizations, better significantly better organizations than uh, AT and T. So is it still is it still on Hulu? Does Hulu still have uh, Full Metal? I mean, Hulu still has I, Naruto I Shippuden. Yeah, it does. Like, Naruto. Naruto is also on Netflix right now. Well, it, it doesn't have Shippuden. It has the original run of Naruto. Are you and sure? Has, I could have sworn I, I saw Shippuden. No, it has the Ship It In movies. It has, so it has oh. all of the Ship It In movies, but it doesn't have the Ship It In show. Yeah, but you know what Netflix has? Uh, hmm. I'm sorry, but it's, this wins over everything. They have One Piece. All of One Piece. So. You're, you're, you're gonna, you're gonna get me a, because uh, One Piece is the manga that I could never get into. Rachel's really big into 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 One Piece. She's she's been reading it for years. Mon- Monkey Luffy, man. Like yeah. I tried, dude. Same thing with Bleach, man. I tried. Well, the, the the difference between One Piece and Bleach is an order of magnitude of quality. So One Piece <laughs> One Piece is considered one of the best. Okay, one, one of the best. One, one Piece One Piece is long running like Dragon Ball, and it has arcs that are really good, and it has arcs that are really not good. However, Bleach. After you get past the third episode, is straight trash. I'm sorry, it's, Bleach it's is just slog. trash after the first it's three episodes. Hell, after the first episode, I'll go so far as to say because the first episode I thought was really interesting. Same thing with Sword Art Sword Art Online. I enjoyed the first episode. Everything else was trash, and I know Drew's you know going to get pissed at me over that. You know what? Both of those shows have in common. None of them have had a good video game. Yeah, which is funny because Sword Art Online is literally an anime about a video game. So frustrating. Deep cuts. Anyway, speaking of deep cuts from the streaming from from streaming wars, I'm sorry. Uh, one no, last okay. well, no one last plug. Uh, uh, Goosebumps is on Disney Plus. Really, my kids have been watching the shit out of it, and I have to say, my my daughter and her obsession with early '90s horror and weird stuff, and Kyle and I've been watching it, and we're like, oh, this is it's like uh, it's like Twilight Zone. It's like early mm-hmm. '90s like kid style Twilight Zone. It's I mean, I was too advanced of a reader when I was in elementary school, so like read Goosebumps like a lot. Like I was off reading Tolstoy and whatever. But um, yeah, no, it's <laughs> it's been super fun to watch them go through it. So streaming wars, Goosebumps if you're on Disney Plus. My God, yeah, no, and I I, I just logged on to Disney Plus, and one of the first things I saw, aside from Fantastic Mr. Fox, which is a very underrated movie, ah, so cuss. good, so good, um, so good, is uh, oh my God, where is it? I just just missed it. Schoolhouse Rock. Is on Disney. Oh Plus. no shit! Yeah. Oh, I didn't see that. Yeah. Oh, thank God, my I'm homeschooling just a solution. Bill sitting on Capitol Hill. Yeah. Yes. Okay. 
So I think the point that we're trying to make here is that uh, streaming, uh, the streaming wars are still going, but they're, you know, it's 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 just gonna pretty much. I'm waiting for the day that they actually realize what people actually want, which is ease of use. Which That's isn't Quibi. It. It's not Quibi. Quibi is whatever the. Heck. Do you want to talk about Quibi because Quibi is like the the most fucking bonkers idea for a streaming. It is, it's the stupidest bonkers idea for a streaming service ever. It is hot garbage, and yes. the uh, CEO is making all sorts of excuses that the pandemic has caused their ruin because he, they were planning on everything being streamed while you're commuting to work. And, uh, like, if you're, I guess if you're taking public trans, you can watch your eight-minute shows. Uh, but the vast majority of Americans don't take public transit uh, to their jobs, and right now there's nothing stopping anybody from just flip it, pulling out their phones on the toilet and watching Quibi. And they're so not. Let's, let's go back a little bit, because what is Quibi? Quibi was a streaming platform that was specifically created uh, with the intent that it was going to be streaming first and content driven. That was the, the entire idea. Um, the guy that was in charge of Quibi, remind me of his name, and because um, he, he did... What's that? Katzenberg. Katzenberg. Katzenberg has done a lot of Disney animation stuff over the years. Mm-hmm. Like, he's, he's one of the animation guys. Like, he's the, the, he was one of the go-to guys for animation mm-hmm. for a while with Disney. He doesn't know how to fucking run a stream, streaming service. No, he doesn't. Because the whole idea behind this is that it's going to be content-driven, and every piece of content is going to be bite-sized. It's going to be about eight minutes long. Everything. And they've released movies on Quibi movies mm-hmm. actual full length hour and a half to two hour long movies but because they want to conform everything to their bite size eight minute clips they're releasing eight minutes of the movies at a time each mm-hmm. week so or daily sometimes there's daily sometimes daily that's diabolical and the- on top of that uh they have this brand new style of cinematography that allows you to flip your phone in different ways and watch more or less of the scene depending on how you're holding your phone. If you're holding your phone in portrait mode, you're seeing just the portrait mode. If you're holding it landscape, you're seeing the whole thing. I don't know why they did this. I hate it. I hate it. It makes no sense. I hate it. <laughs> now, what what's really funny about Katzenberg saying that Quiddy is failing because of the pandemic is streaming is skyrocketing right now. Right? Everywhere. Yeah. Streaming is skyrocketing. YouTube has seen something to the effect of like a 45% increase in viewership on everything. And yet somehow Quibi is failing. It must be, it must be because of the pandemic. Must be. Netflix has seen revenue jump through the roof with an increased number of subscribers. Disney Plus has seen an increased number of subscribers. HBO has seen... Already has forty million subscribers, right. and they didn't expect to hit that for another four years. Yeah, like it's insane, right? But Quibi is failing, and Quibi is failing because it's a shit business model. It's a really, really shit product. I like what when you when you pitch this like ideas like well, people are a lot watching on their phone, and everybody has ADD right now, so they're not going to sit down and watch a full 
television show. Right. People don't have 22 minutes. Right. That's you why know? you watch fucking YouTube, you dinguses. Like, people and, go to YouTube because it's the standard bearer for online content. And the you, you have to have the content. You have to have the original shows to get people there. That's number one. Right. And the main pro... Like, I guess, I guess the reboot of Reno 911 has me interested, but I'm not going to Streaming everywhere now Ruby. on Twitter. <laughs> right, right. Right. What's yeah. happening is people are taking... And they're memeing this, and they're putting in gifs and and stuff like that. And we're kind of getting the gist of what Quibi is without actually having to look at. Quibi. Oh, so that was another thing: is that you can't share content on Quibi. You can't. Bing. You can't be like, oh, I saw this really funny clip. I want to send it to my friend. You do that on YouTube all the time. You're on YouTube. You see like, ten second clip. It's really funny. I'm gonna send it to a friend of mine. You you do that, or like, oh hey, I watched this really cool breakdown of a. Justice, uh, a criminal justice topic. Cool. I'm going to forward that to a friend of mine. You can't do that with Quibi. You cannot share content. So they've essentially completely cut out organic marketing from their entire business model. Organic marketing, which is currently the driver of almost all online content. But digital rights management, Greg. My God. This is why, this is what you're describing right now is literally why I don't do digital marketing consulting anymore. <laughs> yeah. It's, that's that's so true. It's, it kind of hurts a little bit. So, and, and I get what they, so Quibi had all this money that they were going to plow into advertising uh, for sports. All right. Right. And so there's no sports. Yeah, I'm gonna going to watch on. eight minutes of sports at a time. Great fucking job, jackass. They, they, they were going to, like, advertise during, like, the NCAA Final Four. They were going to... They had all this money that they were going to put in advertising. And instead, they took that, and during the first two weeks of launch, they, like, bazooked it, like, all at Instagram and all at Twitter, and expected people would find themselves because they were on Instagram and Twitter. And people on Instagram and Twitter looked at it and were just like, oh, there's a thing. And they scrolled. Because that's what you do. Like, it's so dumb. It's, it's... Yeah. They didn't target their audience. Yeah, like I what said... What audience? What, right. What audience? They, Who are they marketing to? Right. Who are they targeting? Who are your audience profiles? I've had this conversation so many times. Well, you know, everyone is our audience. Oh, no, you don't have a business model. Oh, I'm out, I'm out, I'm out, I'm out. Well, you know what this 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 kind of reminds me a little bit of um, Anthem. You know, okay. <laughs> back so, to video games. Got so, it. So, yeah. Now we're back to video games, and the reason why it reminds me of Anthem is if you read that big long post on uh, uh, was it Polygon, the big expose on why Anthem failed. One of the big things that they ran into was um, they didn't know what the fuck they were going to do. So they had no idea what this game was going to be. They had a couple of lofty goals of, like... They had jetpacks, Greg. They had jetpacks. the reason why the jetpacks were even a thing and were even shown is because the CEO of EA flew to their offices after they had been in development for, like, two years and said, show me what you got. And they said, here's what we... Here's the ideas we have. And he went... No, make me a demo or you guys are getting shut down in a couple of weeks. So they slapped together a demo and he flew back and he sat down with it 
and it was the jetpack scene. It's the big jetpack scene that everybody saw, and it was the, the trailer of a character riding a jetpack, like, straight up in the air, or, like, at, a, at an angle, like a 90-degree... Mm. 45 degree angle up a mountain and that was the one piece of footage everybody saw well that was the demo that the CEO played and the CEO said this is awesome make this game Mm. what happened to Anthem well (laughs) apparently it's still a thing and apparently they're still trying to apparently poor fucking Bioware is trying to I say poor Bioware but you know fuck them at this point they've done so much shitty things to their own developers that I can say that um they uh, yeah, no, they made a game based on a lie, on mm-hmm. on this idea of ah, I'm running a jetpack up the side of a mountain. Yeah, they've done some development to it, and yeah, the game is a little bit different now. It's still not a good game. Who is it targeting? They don't even know who it was targeting. Mass Effect it, players? Well, that was supposed to be Andromeda. Look at what happened with Andromeda. It's supposed to be people who like Battle Royale games? Well, there's better fucking games. There's fucking Fortnite. There's fucking Valorant. Like, what? who else is going to be playing these goddamn... Modern War... What is the Modern Warfare one? Uh, uh, it is... It, what well, is it? No, it's mo- Call it of is, Duty... It is, just, it is just Modern Warfare. That is the... Is that what it's called? It's that the is Call of it's Duty called. Battle Royale Modern game. Warfare. People are fucking playing that, and apparently they like... Oh, uh, Call of Duty Warzone. That's it. Warzone, um, yeah, the just the PvP all, yes. Right. So it's, it's not a battle royale. Is it going to be like Destiny? So is it going to be like a team-based shooter? Well, no, people have Destiny. They've got other games that they're going to fucking... Nobody's going to be playing this. So anyway, that's the, that's the whole point of Quibi, is that it, it, is a, it is a streaming service with no business model and no audience. They had an idea. It's not a good idea. But right. they had an idea. <laughs> they had an idea. They had jetpacks, and that's all they had. <laughs> <sighs> All right, Madge, what do you got to promote this week? I would love for uh, everyone to take a look at mpd150.com. Um, this is a study that was done in um, Minneapolis uh, before all of the shenanigans uh, began. I highly recommend taking a look at their zine, which they also published on Instagram if you prefer to look them up on social media. Um, Again, MPD150, they have a beautiful little zine that's just a little eight-page read um, about uh, how we can reasonably uh, potentially uh, dismantle and rebuild the uh, police departments to serve our communities um, and be an asset to them. I really liked it. Um, At the very least, it could spark some new ideas. Fantastic. Kevin, what do you got this week? I'm going to promote uh, giving to the NAACP legal, uh, legal Fund because people are going to jail and they need legal defense. So if you got a few bucks to spare, throw it their way. Uh, I will also signal boost that and, and also promote the National Lawyers Guild who have been, uh, they have chapters all over the country um, and they have been helping bail out protesters um, and people who have been uh, arrested at protests and for nonviolent offenses as well. Um, there is also Campaign Zero, which has a comprehensive uh, uh, comprehensive policing reform um, uh, platform as well. Um, 
My God, there's so many of these. The Bay Area Anti-Repression League is fantastic. The Bay Area Democratic Socialists uh, Association have a, or, uh, they have a bailout fund for protesters. There's a ton of these, and they are all incredible, and we'll leave some links in the podcast. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast of the Court of Nerds. Yes, I'm sorry we did talk about politics, but it's, it's, a, it's a political kind of time. And also remember, Black Lives Matter. FTP. And FTP. Fuck the police. This podcast made possible by our good friends at Tardy's Collector's Corner. Like them on Facebook, follow them on Twitter and Instagram, and be sure you're checking for all the latest and greatest at Tardy's.